0: This is the Jocko Underground podcast. It's number 51. Mm-hmm. Sitting here with Echo Charles EC, E. Sure. C. Echo Charlie. Sure. And heard a new term recently. Very recently. You were present when I heard it for the first time. Mm-hmm. The term was came from my daughter, my oldest daughter. The term is toxic productivity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she was making some she was making some statements about it. She was also maybe making some mild accusations about it <laughs> mild yeah. mild yeah. accusations yeah. i know that you posted a little a little a little uh, clip of that mm-hmm. saying that my mere presence can cause stress and cause some feelings of maybe you should be working <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so my daughter was saying that she lives in the house of productivity trademark yeah Um, and or what it was like when she did live in the house of productivity so she brought up this this concept of toxic productivity and you know you can you can see all kidding aside when you hear it you're like oh yeah I can see where that can happen right and we I'm sure we know people where they are they're 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 being this is where I get in my mind people that are being so productive that they're not being productive right mm-hmm. so we'll go into it a little bit so i looked it up on psychology today psychologytoday.com mm-hmm. what is toxic productivity yes it's a real thing the need to constantly do can turn toxic and is often ineffectual and unproductive cultures of toxic pro- productivity exist in countries organizations and within ourselves man you'd get some people in the military it's not healthy what they're doing True. like they are just working and ignoring everything else in their lives and it's not good mm. and they end up with unbalanced lives they end up with divorce they end up with their kids being messed up or you know or having issues or whatever their wife having issues <gasps> but it's really easy to have that happen in the military um but it happens in 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 every organization then you know when you think of countries like Japan mm. I don't know what it's like right now, but when I was growing up more in the '80s, Japan was like full on pr- toxic productivity. Mm-hmm. Suicide rate was crazy back then. There, uh, and then the last thing it says the the key tenet or the basic tenet of of toxic productivity. Oh, well, it's in countries, in organizations, and within ourselves. So you can have it within yourself. You're like, I gotta do something. I gotta do something. Yeah. I feel bad. You get that guilt going and then taking time to reflect and decide on a course of action is better than reacting and doing mindlessly. This was an interesting one. Mm. They're they're saying that that some people that have this element of toxic productivity when there's something occurs instead of thinking about it and thinking of a rational way to solve the problem, they just start like randomly doing stuff and that's problematic, which I well, most of the time I find people, they, they, inaction is their problem, mm. right? So they're not taking action, that's a problem. And I guess you go too far in the other direction, you have people taking action for, that they shouldn't be taking. and it doesn't make any sense. So the toxic pro- productivity is destructive rather than productive. So I had a saying in the SEAL teams, mm-hmm. have you ever heard of the term the leaning rest, the front leaning rest? You said it okay, so the front-leaning rest is the push-up position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay So that's called the I don't know know, it's probably an army saying because the army will give stuff some weird names So they'd be like get down on the front leaning rest, right? And then there was also another term from the military called forward leaning like hey We want to be forward Mm -hmm. leaning on this, right? Okay, cool So you got these two things forward leaning and front leaning rest and what I used to tell guys is hey Don't be so Far forward leaning that you're in the leaning rest, meaning I'm so, I'm working so hard to be ready that I'm actually not ready for anything. Cause I'm, you know, let's say you've got a, you, let's say you might have a parachute, but you're using a zodiac launched from a launch from an aircraft with parachutes. And so you think you might have that. Okay. Well, let's start building it. And mm-hmm. it takes a whole bunch of time and effort to get this thing called a duck built. So you're, you're doing all this work. Well, then it changes, you're actually gonna use Humvees. So now you start getting all your Humvees, and you can see where I'm going with this. Eventually you're so far forward leaning that you're in the leaning rest and you're actually tiring yourself out for no yeah. reason. So you gotta be careful of that. And I think that's a, a great tenet to, to keep in mind. Don't be so far forward leaning that you're in the leaning rest. Again, this, the weird aspect of this was this thing, and here's another quote, they say, not enough diagnostics, they just try and go fix something. Which again to me, usually people have the problem with they don't want to take action, they're scared to take action or they're nervous about taking action. Normally it's not just jumping in to try and fix it, but you do see that occasionally. And just like any other just like any other dichotomy, if you go to an extreme, it's gonna be bad. Mm-hmm. The extreme of not taking action and the extreme of taking action without actually assessing, mm-hmm. that can be bad as well. Normally people tend to not take action. This is the other side of the spectrum. And here's where we can get kind of interesting. It's the need to publicly display how much you are, in quotes, doing. (laughs) And I was like, oh, am I highly guilty of this? I could be. I definitely say, hey, I'm waking up in the morning, right? And I worked out. That's kind of all I really say um, that would be, I, that's the only yeah. thing I really publicly display.
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of regular basis for sure. Yeah.
0: So, but there are definitely people I'm on the grind, right?
1: Yeah. Even I mean, yours is I I don't know if it's because I'm around mm-hmm. or not, but you. It's almost like you just imply it. Maybe I don't know, <laughs> or maybe it's just my on my end. I just you receive it, I, yeah. Because technically, I don't think you put that out. Like to to to. Show that you're constantly doing. I don't think so. Well, Definitely. if I
0: wanted to show what I was doing, I would show a lot more because I don't really. Right. I don't spend a bunch of time. Like, hey, I'm getting ready for a podcast right now. Oh, hey, right. I'm writing my next book. Yeah. Hey, I'm getting ready to go to a board meeting right now. Like I don't. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, I could do that. Yeah. I mean,
1: there are people who do it straight up. For a sure. lot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I get it.
0: Hmm. So <clears throat> that's a little bit. So, so that I I suppose that would be like the same version of, you know, where Instagram, where people put on the filter that makes them look young or whatever. You know what I mean? So now I'm putting on a a quote filter on my life to make it look like I'm doing all these productive things. Productivity filter. Productivity filter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, but then if you're a person that's not feeling like you're being productive enough. Yeah. Well, now you think you go, oh yeah. gosh, well, Echo's over there. He already did three workouts today. Plus, yeah. he made a video. I'm not doing anything. i gotta work more, right? So it's you real. can feel like a, a sense of guilt.
1: Yeah, I get. Well, that's with everything, right? With mm-hmm. I mean, that's the whole um, complaint or one of the many complaints about social media yeah. is that, yeah, the image that, so, that people not everyone but the image that people put forward is like a like it's not the accurate yeah. image of their life. You know, it's yeah. like either the highlights or the you know whatever highlights they want to put it's forward. Filtered. It's filtered in yeah. a way, but that's different than the actual physical like digital filter, you know, that's, yeah, 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 even though all it's right. kind of all does the same, yeah, thing, doing the you same know, thing conceptually. But they, you know, like people who put like they want to make like they travel to all these exotic places or whatever, yeah. you know, that stuff and, yeah. or
0: someone like the, you know, what, what what's a big one? Bro, they're having things where you could like rent the inside of a plane. Yeah. So you could sit on there and be like, oh, heading over to you know oh, yeah. Vegas for the weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think the ones
1: I seen were like jo- were jokes. But I don't know if people do this in real life uh-huh. or not. I'm sure they have to. Yeah. But it's like um it'll show the the split screen, right? The the Instagram, then reality. Yeah. And then it'll have like a girl looking out the window of a plane, and then the reality is she's looking out the window of like a um or through a a washing machine window, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, where yeah, it like yeah. looks like a plain window, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> man. but yeah, that even applies to productivity, yeah, right? Yeah. So There's like working on my whatever, yeah. you know, working on this workout time, all this stuff, right? Mm. Yeah, huh? That's crazy.
0: So, productivity filter. You shouldn't feel bad about that. Um, uh, another thing they say is doing enough is never enough. Busyness is not good for actual productivity. That's a good thing to think about. So then they had a little list of things of how to overcome this. Uh, Give your And this is again, this is from psychologytoday.com. Give yourself permission to discern. Not everything needs to be tended to or resolved immediately by you. In fact, we don't always have to be the one to intervene even if it feels like we're the ones that need to intervene. Ask yourself, what is the worst thing that will happen if I take 24 hours to think about this before leaping in action? Eh, Yeah, that's good. And what I like to overlay on that is decentralized command, right? If you are in charge of things, there's a lot of things you shouldn't have to jump into. And as a matter of fact, if you have to jump into things, it's not a good sign for how you're performing as a leader.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If every time there's an issue, you gotta be like, "Hey, Echo, let me show you how to do this," mm-hmm. or and, and "Let me, let me, let me call that client," or "Let me show you how to edit this video." Like that's not that's not good. That mm-hmm. shows that I'm micromanaging basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a nice little ego boost, right? Makes me feel yeah. good. Makes me feel like I'm important <laughs> when that happens. <laughs> Uh, The next thing, exercise your emotional intelligence. Take some time to consider and appreciate what you're feeling about the issue and your desire to intervene. Name the feelings that comes up for you. What is the unmet need behind the feelings that propel you to jump into action? That's a good thing. Of course, they don't mention the word (laughs) detach in here, which you won't be able to do this if you don't detach. What does this tell you about your current leadership style? So they're actually talking about leadership. (laughs) But what's interesting here is that's a good thing to do. When you have a when you have a, an emotional feeling, pull the thread, that's the term I use, pull the thread on that feeling and see what it's coming from. Mm. If I'm frustrated, or I feel like I need to get down there and help you, if I actually pull the thread, I'm like, oh, that's just my ego wanting to show, echo that I know how to do this stuff. Mm. Or it's my ego wanting to prove that I'm the guy in charge. Mm. And so pull the thread on that emotion. Most of the time you're gonna find ego at the end of that thread, by the way, especially the negative emotions. Yeah. Anger, frustration. Jealousy. You won't admit to the jealousy one because then you have to admit that it's your ego. But yeah. a lot of times you're like, well, oh, you know, Echo, I'll come down and teach that class." You know, it's like, <laughs> why, why don't you let Echo teach the class? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I want to be the guy on the on the podium. Yeah. I want to be the guy yeah. on the mat, showing everybody what's up. Mm-hmm. So pull the thread on that. The next thing they say is cultivate your curiosity. Huh? Spend some more time in a contemplative phase. To understand your desired outcome. Parties involved, issues, factors, options, and their implications. Okay, so once again, they're talking about detachment. Open, ask open-ended questions and listen mindfully to the responses as you build an informed picture of what what might be going on. This keeps you in reflection and diagnosis longer. Yeah, they've got, they're talking about someone that, that really is seeing a problem and then just immediately taking action without checking it out. Mm. Again, to me, that's, no, that's not the norm.
1: Mm.
0: The norm is inaction.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, be choosy about your action. Not every situation and or issue requires our action. Be choosy about when you're interviewing. That kind of said that already. And then enact boundaries and practice self-care. Take time out from doing. Walk in nature, meditate, play sports, relax, do jujitsu. I'm sorry, I just uh, <laughs> relax, enjoy hobbies, family life, socializing. Okay, so that's cool. What does that really say? It says you should do jujitsu, you should surf, you should play guitar, yeah. play ukulele, you know, whatever we're doing. Yeah. And that does those things are all good. So I, when I read that whole thing, that they're kind of recommendations to me, all those things say you need to be able to detach, take a step back. And something I've been saying a lot lately is the solution to the problem is not in the problem. Mm. Yeah. So if you're in the problem, you're not gonna see the solution. You've gotta get out of that problem. You gotta be able to detach. If you're busy all the time, you're not gonna see the big picture. You're not gonna be able to think strategic if you're doing little tactical things all the time.
1: Mm.
0: So get away from that. Get away from that. That is not a good way to go through life, fighting immediate firefights that are right in front of you. You won't win the war. Mm. You might win a lot of firefights, but you won't win the war because the enemy's maneuvering on you. They're building a huge supply chain to be able to outgun you. Mm. They're they're creating more troops. They're they're recruiting and, and training more troops. So you're just sitting there in gunfights and you might be winning. Mm-hmm. You know, like today we won. Mm. Hey, let's go let's go again. And you're winning, but you're not winning in the big picture. Um yeah, yeah so I, I did write this down this, this will make sense. You know how I said, I don't really, that's not a normal thing for people to take action, but you know where it is? Knee jerk reactions, right? Mm -hmm. We even have a word for it, right? Knee jerk -jerk. reaction. Knee jerk reactions aren't good. So if you have a knee jerk reaction, every time something goes wrong, you're like jumping in and trying to do stuff. That's a knee jerk reaction. Knee jerk reactions are not good. Take a tactical pause. And you know, I I think this whole thing, I, I think I'm not even sure if I hit it from I think the way my daughter was talking about this was kind of different than the way yeah. that psychology.com is talking about it. Yeah. You know, she's talking about it from you know people that are like feeling guilty or feeling like they need to do something all the time and if they haven't and actually the the joke was which we talked about when she was here mm-hmm. was during COVID and my daughters were both home from college and and they were living in the same room. Actually th- my three daughters were living in the same room in my house. And I would like walk in there and be, and say, what, what are you doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> and they would be, you know, whether they, whatever, whatever they were doing, it wasn't, wasn't it wasn't, you know, productive nope, enough nope, for dad.
1: I felt that right there. Yeah.
0: So, so. that's what they were talking about. And yeah. that can be, that can be unhealthy, right? Yes. Just sir. Like, Hey, what are you doing right now? What have you, what do you? And. That time uh, you know, my I, I think we talked about this, but my my kid, my son used to wrestle and then surf. He was on the wrestling team and the surf team. Yeah. And so he's wrestling and surfing and wrestling and surfing and so you'd wrestle on Wednesday and then wrestle on Saturday and you know, a wrestling tournament on Saturday, you get up at four in the morning, cut weight, weigh in, and then you drive somewhere, you weigh in there, you're there until eight <laughs> o'clock at night. It's a total drag. Mm-hmm. Then the next morning you gotta get up Cause the heat, the surf heats start at whatever, six o'clock in the morning. So you gotta get up, get load the van, drive to wherever in Southern California you're competing in surfing, and then go surf. And you got 15 minutes heat, 15 minute heats, and you got the, the first heats at six, the next heats at nine, the next heats at 12, the next heats at three,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the final heats at five o'clock in the afternoon. Or at least three o'clock in the afternoon. So again, you're and then you're driving home. Mm. So it's like all day. Yeah, yeah. Two days in a row. Your weekends are just competition. Yeah. And sitting around uncomfortably. Mm -hmm. And so one like there was a storm or I don't know what it was, but there was the surf contest got canceled couldn't have been a storm because he ended up going down to the beach. He went down to the beach. He came back from the beach. I'm like, what have you been doing all day? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, all my family was like, Dad, yeah. you know, why don't you leave him alone? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's what my daughter was talking about. Yeah. Toxic productivity of which I may and probably am somewhat of a uh, 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 a perpetrator. Perpetrator of thank you, a perpetrator. Oh, you're a perpetrator.
1: (laughs) Confirmed. You know what I will say though, like, even as true as that might be, for what what might be that you're a perpetrator of it, even how you kind of it, like, you uh,
0: just my presence, yeah, like, you (laughs) (laughs) perpetrate, but you
1: know how you like it's you even like throw it on other people, or I don't know if that'd be the correct term, but you know, like, you're like. What have you been doing all day? Yeah. Even like today, you did it as a joke. Like, what are you doing right now? Kind of a thing. <laughs> well, early in the morning. Um, the It's like, you will you know, to me, that part becomes toxic. But you do it kind of as a joke. Mm. That's what it really feels like. Well, even though you,
0: you're kind of... Because let's face it, you're toxic, toxically unproductive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but even no, I though I think it... You, when you said it to that story right there, where you're like, What have you been doing all day? Obviously, that's funny. He's been doing a lot. But then, if your daughters have have it in them to be like, Leave him alone or whatever, or like, Reveal, they know it's like, Okay, you're even if you are serious, you're partly like,
0: Yeah, not. I'm not. I'm serious. not. I'm not a psychotic about it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But the underlying is can be heavy. I know it was heavy. I know it was heavy with my kids for sure. The underlying yeah. weight of yeah. what are you doing right now? Yeah. That makes why, sense. Why can't? Why aren't you doing more? <laughs> <laughs> so, Bro, when she first, how old's your daughter?
1: The one 22. that? 22. Okay. So. Okay. So when she first said toxic productivity, I was like, she <laughs> oh. immediately thought of me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, oh, I immediately thought God. of you.
1: Yes, but <laughs> with a lot of these terms, especially with the one toxic, yeah. like it's, it really hits me as the idea that yes, there is such thing as toxic whatever. So mm. we'll say productivity. This toxic productivity that makes sense. And what does that look like? Okay, does it look like Jocko? Okay, maybe, the, <laughs> but we do. You can think of an extreme example, a perfect example of toxic productivity. We yep. can. I used to work for and I told you this too where I used to work for a moving company for a summer mm-hmm. and they would you know they were cool with just you working 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 they'll pay you overtime all good like the more work you can do the better so usually shift starts starts at 7:30 a.m. and a typical day ends for real at like 8 or 9 at night so you're it's a it's a long work day of moving too by the way so some guys they're like hey like all so movers going ship in crews, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a crew, like okay, so this part of town, you got this house, we got to pack up and move, right? Like load up the truck and move to where, mm-hmm. the, wherever the dock or whatever. And then um,
0: <clears throat> the moves are Ooh, going you, on. You do the packing up too, yeah, Ugh.
1: yeah. You go up, you pack. Like, some, I wouldn't
0: mind moving the big stuff, but like packing yeah. up glasses, bro.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, the whole deal. Not my deal yeah. But some days, like your your job as a crew is just to pack, mm-hmm. and then later that day or the next day, you or another crew will move it, you know? So, it's like, it's a little system. It's cool. It, it's, it actually was interesting at first. So, anyway, these moves are going on all across town. So, um, one, you know, one one house is huge. Let's say it's a huge house. Then two, three crews got to go, and they might not finish it in one day. Maybe it's like two days or whatever. Um, sometimes the house is uh, occupied. Sometimes it's vacant because the people already moved, right? So... And this was happening a lot. It was all over Honolulu. So, actually, it's all over the whole... <clears throat> the a lot of are
0: military moves, huh?
1: Most of them. Yeah. yeah. You're correct. So, yep. it
0: depends. You got the Admiral's house or the yeah. freaking yeah. Prince's house. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that is exactly right. Yep. It's funny. Because this didn't dawn on me either. Where it was like news to me. Like, oh, man, we're doing a lot of military. It's like, yeah, because military <laughs> is like always moving and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, huh, interesting. So, anyway. So, toxic productivity. Where some guys, they'd be like, hey, I, I just want to work. I just want a bigger paycheck, so they would finish an all-day move, 7.30 a.m. to, like, 8 at night. Meanwhile, there's other moves going on, 24 hours a day. They, you know, if the if the, uh, the owner of the house or the, the occupant of the house is gone, right, you just move all night, right? You pack up, whatever. So these crews, not everybody, but these crews would be like, no, let's go to the next shift or to the next location or whatever and just help them move. Right. Because there's always a move going on. So guys would work two, three, four days in a row with no sleep. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. They would take math. <laughs> 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 they, would, they would smoke meth to stay up. Yeah. For real. And look, not everybody. It wasn't a common thing. But right. there was like there was guys and you could tell because they'd have like little like their lips would be burnt or whatever. Yeah. And then um, and I was young. I was like 18, 19 years old. Actually. Yeah, 18 years. So I didn't know about that kind of stuff either. But, yeah, the guys that I work with, they would tell me. They were like, oh, yeah, him, him. There's like maybe two, three guys who would do that. A lot of guys would do that, but only a few guys would actually smoke and do it. Um, but to me, that struck me as toxic productivity <laughs> yes, as a mover. that is toxic productivity. And it wasn't in, look, I don't know anything about the guys' life, lives or whatever. But the way it was impressed on me is like they're smoking only to stay up and work. Cause once you pass the eight hours, like in a row without clocking out, bro, that's overtime. Mm-hmm. So, if you're just down to work and don't care about your body, your family, your like your other parts of your life, and you just want the, the overtime check, bro. That's like some solid overtime. You yeah. work two, three days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> bro, that's
0: crazy. Yeah, let's not do that. No, 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 that's toxic. So, but be careful that you know. There's a. I'll say one more thing about this. When we were in in Iraq, the army would. They'd be on long deployments, like a year long, and everyone would have to go home for two weeks. And I remember I went to see a battalion commander, and we were planning some big operation. This is in Ramadi, and I'm talking to the guy, and he says, "Oh yeah, well, I won't be here for that." And I said, "Oh, well, you know where are you going to be?" He says, "I'm going home on leave."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it kind of struck me as weird, right? Because I'm thinking, bro, I would—you're ne- a battalion commander; these are your men. Like, how can you go home? Mm-hmm. And I kind of... Asked an earnest question of him, I was like, "Well, you're going on leave, like with your battalion here." Mm. And he looked at me and he said, "Hey, you know, Janko, if number one, if I don't take my leave, no one else will take leave."
1: Uh huh.
0: And he said, "Number two, if I can't take leave, then that means I'm not doing a good job as a leader."
1: Hmm.
0: And I was like, "Well, you just put me in full checkmate, oh, like a hundred percent, right? Yeah, hundred percent checkmate." Yeah. So that is good. That he's shown his troops, like, hey, this isn't. This isn't toxic productivity. When it's time for you to take your two weeks leave, you go home. Yeah. I'm going home. Yeah. I'm gonna go take care of my family and see them for yeah. two weeks, and I'll be back, and that's okay, and the machine will roll on. Yeah. But guys get in their head that the machine can't roll on without them, and it's just, mm. it, it ends up being uh, bad for your family. So, toxic. and bad and bad, bad for your life. So, Kinda let's like be the, careful
1: of that. There was a, remember the movie Days of Thunder? Tom Cruise? Yeah, but I race I, I guard NASCAR? I saw it, or, yeah. Or, yeah. so, in, in, uh, and there was a scene real quick where he was like, I don't know. I think he was ahead or yeah. something. And he didn't, you know how cars got a pit stop, right? Yeah. Change the tires, do all this stuff. He didn't want to take a pit stop because he was winning or whatever. And, you know, he's kind of a, like a rookie driver. Then the guy, I forget the actor's name, but he uh, he was like, hey, everybody's got a pit. Everybody got. Because mm-hmm. he was about to go into toxic productivity in that yeah, race. You see what I'm you know saying? Go. It's kind of the same Look thing. too with the movie metaphor? <laughs> knocking it out <laughs> of the park. Gonna, but you do run the risk. And this is, you know, when you hear, and let's face it, this is my weakness, my generalization Mm -hmm. weakness, where when I hear a young college student say stuff like toxic this or toxic that. There a small little idea does creep into my head sometimes like oh you're just applying the toxic term yeah. to something that er, you know kind of thing so if you went that route it's like okay toxic productivity okay so you, it could you could be like someone could look at you and be like oh you're so productive and then in with the with the uh, motivation of just sort of hating on you they'll be like oh that's toxic you know because yeah. they don't feel they feel maybe um inferior or yeah. something and, like that
0: and there is let's face it there is there can be there it'd be easy to say that's just toxic productivity. I need to take take the weekend off and Monday, you know, right?
1: (laughs) That's That's exactly, exactly right. Where it's like, just like any other dichotomy, you got to balance this stuff, man. Yeah. So the toxicity marker, where does that lie on that little spectrum, right? The Mm -hmm. continuum. You're, you know, for, I don't think yours is toxic. Well, you might have elements of toxic. If you're pissing people off, I think. Yeah. You know if, or making them feel like uncomfortable. well. No, I think
0: what's good about well I put I put a lot of it on myself like I do this stuff myself. Yeah, right So yeah. it's not like I'm like calling you at like hey you need to get this done. I'm not doing that I'm You am
1: sure doing... cuz yes <laughs>
0: Other than like the three things that, <laughs> that you're responsible for pressing record <laughs> Showing up here and number three uploading a video okay. to YouTube or whatever other than those three things. <laughs> okay. I got it <laughs> You know
1: you know what's funny? My daughter, I don't know. I think i told you this before. My daughter, she's nine, right? Yeah. Um, and she sees me like, oh, yeah, editing. She's all the, you know, the yeah. screens and, like, yeah. all this stuff. And then. She's so, like, editing. <laughs> <laughs> she goes. Quote working. She goes. She goes, do you think it's fair that you do all the work? <laughs> I'm uh, telling you And she was serious dude. Oh And man, she said it more than once dude. Like she's like All Jocko does Is just talk <laughs> on the microphone And then go home <laughs> like, yeah. I was oh, like Oh that that's that a good is, point I was dude. like No 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 He has to like read books He's like, Ooh, Read books It was so hard <laughs> He's like You're uh, working late at night And so <laughs>
0: She doesn't know You slept
1: until two <laughs> in the afternoon <laughs> Oh man but to hear that perspective yeah. that's really funny that is that awesome. now
0: she's looking at me like a slacker yeah you're such a slacker she thinks you're toxically productive Product- pr- yeah. productive <laughs> yep. and i'm a it's toxic true. slacker over here
1: do you think uh last question about toxic. do you think you mentioned it's in the military like there is a lot do you think that they kind of perpetuate that like they because you don't think you said that they use the term um in the seal teams
0: anyway look for work yeah that's different Honestly, yeah. it's a, that's a different thing. That's like you're on a mission, and you you got to look for work. Yeah, yeah. This is when you're, you know, you get the you get the the, the person in charge that's like, I'm not leaving work. Yeah. I'm staying here right. till right. seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night. Mm. And everyone else is like, well, I guess we're all staying till seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. you, you know that that is a problem. Yeah. So that's why I was such a good leader, you know, over in Ramadi. It was like, hey, if I can't go home, mm. that means I'm not running this thing right.
1: So it's essentially a form of obsession at the end of the day, because it is within yourself. Like, you know, that feeling like I'm I'm sure most people have obsession in one way or another where it's like they just can't just let it go. They can't just like have it be done. It's always feeling that that feeling of. Yeah. And what's
0: what's what's tough in the military is you can do that. You can make that sacrifice and you can still not get promoted. I mean, I saw that happen to guys in in every branch of service. Like the guy that was just taking every hard job, you know, spending all this time just doing, you know, staying late every single day, and and just a matter of timing. Oh no, they didn't get promoted. Oh, sorry, you didn't get it. Yeah. And that's that can be frustrating. Sometimes it's for the right reasons because the person. Let's face it. If someone's doing that because they want to get promoted, there's probably some other reasons why they're not getting promoted. But if they're doing it because they're a hard worker. Again, they need to find that little bit of balance. So, yeah. dichotomy. All right, let's get some questions. Productivity. All right, hello. <clears throat> I'm a
1: long-time listener of the podcast from Finland. Understandably, not a whole lot of the topics on the podcast are about res- reservists. But as... <laughs> But as the situation is taking quite dramatic turns here in Europe, and some of the European countries rely heavily on reservists, mine included, I would like to ask your professional point of view: what kind of aspects in training you would emphasize for a common reservist?
0: Cool. Obviously, um, great question. Right now, you know, in Finland, there's a, a a lot of things to be concerned about. I would definitely look at making sure we drill the basics. And I, sh- I used to, I actually changed it from calling them the basics to calling it the fundamentals because basics sounds like, well, this is just the basics, but the, they're the fundamentals. Essentially starting with cover and move, right? There's a reason why the first law of combat that I wrote about is cover and move. The reason is because even though it's the most fundamental and the most basic tactic, SEALs weren't doing it. I would watch SEAL platoons not cover and move for each other. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. It's the fundamental tactic of gunfighting, and it works with two people, it, you know, shooter pairs, it works with fire teams, it works with squads, it works with platoons, it works with companies, it works with battalions, it works with brigades. Every level, you have to exercise cover and move. So I would make sure that my unit knows how to cover and move. That's number one, um, and, and look, keeping things simple, prioritize next you, decentralized command. Those things are all there, of course. But cover move is is the fundamental basic for winning in a gunfight. Also, clearly work on marksmanship. Right, you got to know how to work your weapon, shoot your weapon, clean your weapon, service your weapon. What to do in immediate action drill when your weapon fails. Individual movement techniques, which is. Essentially, it's the same as cover and move, but it's the actual physical movements that you're doing in the military. In America, we have something I'm up, he sees me, I'm down, which is what you get up, you say, if so, it's if you and I are covering, moving for each other, Echo, you would be shooting. I would get up, I'd say, I'm up, he sees me, I'm down. That's how long I stay up for. Mm. So, cause that's how long it takes the enemy to get a bead and take a shot at me. Mm. So you can actually practice those. And then once I'm down, I shoot for you. Before I get up, I move a little bit, I move two feet. Mm-hmm. So I don't stand up in the exact same place where the guys are waiting for me to stand back up. Mm-hmm. So practice those individual movement techniques, then work on building entries. How are you gonna get into a building? Dynamic entries combat clearance, which is a slow methodical entry setting up defensive positions You know if I'm if I'm over in Finland, and I think that an invasion could happen I'm gonna definitely think about and work on Setting up defensive positions with interlocking fields of fire In urban and rural environments. I'm gonna make sure I'm good with my basic patrolling so like land navigation and how to set up a perimeter and different different uh, orders of march. So file and column and diamond formations and getting quick head about counts by fire team, all those things for sure. Immediate action drills. So this is our choreographed maneuvers that we're going to do when we get shot at from various directions. And I'm going to learn how to break contact and I'm going to learn how to assault as an immediate action drill. I'm going to learn both those things. I'm going to learn to react to contact, react to ambush. What am I going to do? And then finally, the basic field craft of building shelter, you know, finding food, water, making fire, all those basic things. And the last thing I would say is, what are we doing for communications? And do we have a communications plan when things maybe aren't going right? even right down to visual signals? And how we're going to communicate, look, if we get in a clandestine situation, do we have predetermined ways to communicate amongst ourselves if we go from being a defensive force to being an insurgency? How are we going to communicate plans? So I know that's a lot, but look, you're a reservist. You never know when something's going to happen, so you might as well just always train and always push yourself to get better, so you're ready if the call comes.
1: When do you learn like building shelter and start? You know that part.
0: When do you learn that in on a seal training? Throughout, but you get you definitely get it in like a basic seal training. Yeah. Um, and now they send guys like they send guys up to Alaska so Wait, you do in like buds. Them. No, after buds. Oh. Yeah, after buds. Huh. Buds, you don't
1: really learn it. That's just a beat okay. Yeah,
0: it's it. They, they learn more now than we used to. Oh. You know, they. It's a little bit more advanced now. Mm but it's also a little bit shorter buds is a little bit shorter mm. but they also got rid of some stuff that they didn't need to do anymore oh yeah like stuff that has truly been overtaken by technology like missions that we used to have that truly have you just there's zero chance that you would do them now yeah. so they got rid of some of that stuff but yeah you know you go to seer school you learn some of that stuff in seer school you go to advanced mm. seer school you go to alaska so there's you're, you're learning that stuff all the time
1: mm. Interesting,
0: but the (coughs) basics, man. Cover and move. Yeah, that's such a. If you cover and move, if you know how to cover and move, you're gonna be good to go. Yeah. In 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 military scenarios, if you know how to cover and move, I mean, it starts with, you know, like if we have a if we have someone that we need to take down, like just an individual, you and me.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm gonna hold on the person. You're gonna go grab them. You're gonna like sling your weapon and go grab them. I'm gonna cover and you're gonna move. That's where it starts. Yeah. With just two people. And then it goes to like fire team. No. Us two are shooting, the other two are moving. Yeah. And then it goes to, you know, squad. Our fire team is shooting, the other the other fire team is moving, and it keeps yeah. going. So if you know that, and then it goes to like, hey, we've got air cover that's gonna drop ordnance while we're moving in, so the enemy is distracted. So that's cover while we move.
1: Yeah.
0: And the enemy has to keep their heads down because they don't want to get blown up. So it's, it just works. That's the that's the thing you need to know.
1: You know well, it's funny. Even you, and you've been saying cover and move for a long time, mm-hmm. by the way. I don't know if you know this. Mm-hmm. but And I get it, and I think I got it the moment you said it. I was like, oh, that makes sense. When you're like, hey, it's a gunfighting tactic, but you can apply it to your life. But yeah. in this way, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that's crazy. But just you saying it just there yeah. right now <laughs> kind of added, like, a new level of understanding when you're like,
0: you're good to go. Yeah.
1: And I was like, dang, that's true, huh? Yep. Where you just, I think...
0: And I'm, so I'm, check this out. If you've got a SEAL platoon, you're going to cross a road. Yeah. Right. So a road is a long axis and there could be a car coming down it. There could be enemy looking down it. What you do is you put your gunners up. So your gunners, when you put one machine gunner facing left, one machine gunner facing right. And then, then while they're covering, mm-hmm. everyone else goes across. Yeah. And that's it. So that way if the enemy starts coming down the road, cool, you got a machine gun that's going to light that enemy up and you're going to be able to get the people off the road. Yeah. Cover move. Yeah. That's what it is.
1: And then even just like how you said where you're like, you're like good to go. And then if you, you know, a few scenarios or whatever, you kind of think of it where if you were like, okay, what if you had to deal with or you were the one doing the task or whatever. But let's say you had to deal with someone or something that was doing that to you mm-hmm. to, and you had to fight against that. It's like, bro, I, I can't stop this thing because anytime I try to stop them, I'm like I got to, yeah. you know, protect myself or whatever. And it's like it's almost like this weird, overwhelming inevitability. It is going to just get. <laughs> (laughs) It is. (laughs) Um, But as far as like when you said it right there, I think like a lot of times we get distracted, right? Where we know the technique, right? We know the technique, jujitsu technique, life Mm -hmm. technique. We know the technique, but we get distracted by this and that or whatever. But once you like, if you can get it in your mind where when something happens, when you got to use a technique, just focus on technique. You know, like the expression when, you know, in in a tournament or or MMA fight where it's like focus on what you learned, you know, like remember what you learned. Remember what you learned. It's like that it's like someone really focusing your attention and eliminate like the distraction of whatever To just focus on okay covered move like this is what we're doing right now.
0: That's why it's the number one law of combat so That's good. Man. It like works. This. Yeah, and if you don't do it, you're gonna get you're gonna get crushed. Yeah mm-hmm. All right next question.
1: I'm a 28 year old building a house I often become extremely attached to over-planning, and it causes a buildup of anxiety. How do you handle coming up with a plan and detaching from it until it's time to take action with it?
0: Well, I mean, to start with, if you over-plan, it's not gonna get done, that's the biggest thing. Uh, so, you have to be careful that you just don't spend all your time planning and never execute. Uh, I built a house, too. And the, the anxiety comes from, like often comes from the unknown mm. right like what if this isn't perfect what if what if it's not if it doesn't work out the way I want it what if it's not what I expect what if it's not convenient what if it's not comfortable what if I don't have enough room for the mechanical aspects of the house like right? the water heater and the the HVAC and the electrical whatever, I, I, you can get really freaked out about this stuff so I think what you actually have to do is you have to actually detach a little bit slow down put yourself into the house
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's a lot of little things that you can put into your house that are, that if you if you don't pay attention to, you'll miss them. So where am I gonna keep my towels, right? Cause you know, yeah. that's not, when you think of a house, you don't go, oh, it's cool. Where, where am I gonna keep, you know, I have the sweatshirt that I wear in the morning to go and work out. I wanna keep that in the same spot every day, right? So where am I gonna keep that? Where am I gonna keep the toilet paper? You know, you get the big freaking, uh, 24 pack of toilet paper, that takes up some space. Where are you going to put that thing? Where are you going to keep the dog food? You got a dog? You got the big giant dog food thing? That's not a little thing. Where's it going to go? Uh, What kind of shade or window covering is going to be easy to pull down at night so that, you know, the street light out there isn't shining in my room? Like all these little things. And... Where am I going to put the cutting boards in the kitchen? Right. You don't think you, you know. Are you thinking about that? No, you're not yeah. thinking about that. Yeah. But all of a sudden, you get your house built, and you're like, "Damn, I got a freaking four big cutting boards, and I don't have anywhere to put them." Yep. Yeah. So keep. So this is what I recommend: keep track of your daily life. Look about. Look at what you do. And this is, you know, I'm giving this guy a really specific answer. Yeah. You know. It, in, and I'll give, try and give maybe a more general one, too, but keep track of your daily life, what you do every day, how you do it, when you do it, what you use to do it, and then account for those things in the plan. Because then you're going to have a success. And what to me, that's what gets rid of the anxiety when you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm, I've got that covered. I've got that covered because what you're worried about is I don't have everything covered. and It's going to be awkward and weird. Mm-hmm. And so account for everything, track what you're doing, account for it, and then you gotta allow some flexibility um, because your life is gonna change over time. So you to have some flexibility in your house, but once you start doing that, once you actually start solving for the unknown, then I think you'll be more comfortable and you'll be all right with your planning and that'll ease up on your anxiety.
1: Hmm. <clears throat> you know, I used to be an architect back you in You did? Day. yep. In a matter of speaking, so in high school, that's what I wanted to be like. when I go. Oh, okay. So you know, it's you know, in high school you take these
0: pre-college
1: mm-hmm. classes, mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's architectural drawing, architectural drafting, mechanical drawing. Yep. But I ended up getting kind of good at it, and then um, there was like it was like a friend of a, like a family friend needed the plans drafted to get approval for like a permit mm-hmm. for a shed. I did the I did the plans. Oh yeah, you know, look at that. It. Yeah, it's a true story. But I got real into it, right? The point is, I got real into it, and I learned about that kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, like the bathroom next to the kitchen, like all this, the, the, yeah. just the flow of a house, generally speaking. And right, it kind of goes deep, and even that, just that small things, where where yeah. you just said the cutting board, I was like, bro, that's a big deal. Yeah. So we in our in our house, so we got an ice machine. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> well, we got it after. You know, it didn't come with the house. house. Okay. So, you know the kind of trash bins or trash cans yeah. in the kitchen that are, um they're like a big, huge drawer, yeah. Yeah. right? And there's yeah. the trash is in there. Okay, so we we're like, man, where are we going to put this ice bin with the least, like, destruction of the kitchen? Mm-hmm. And where that trash drawer bin yeah. was, that was the best spot because uh-huh. it was next to a water line and, like, yeah. all this stuff. If we put it where the most convenient… yeah. we would have had to reroute water lines, build and dig and do all this stuff. So we're like, we'll just put it here and you know, we'll Mm -hmm. put the trash over there. Mm -hmm. Bro, we did totally jammed up the flow of the kitchen. Now it's like when you want to put stuff in the trash, you gotta walk it all the way over to the side, you know? And it's subtle, but man, if you don't know about that kind of stuff, your whole house is gonna be like that. Pay attention to (laughs) (laughs) that's the kind of thing. That's what I'm saying to this
0: dude. This dude's got you know, I don't want to give him more anxiety. But you the way you release anxiety is by actually tracking this stuff. Yeah. Think about it. Walk through it. Tape it out on the floor or whatever. Tape it out on the, you know, on the driveway and be like, hey, what is it like to move from here to here? You know, I got the Sonic ice. You, you know what I'm talking about? The Sonic ice machine. You know Sonic the restaurant.
1: Yeah, Sonic the drive-through. Yeah, restaurant? the drive-through restaurant. Yeah. Like
0: everyone loves their ice. Oh, I got this ice machine that makes like Sonic ice. What's
1: their ice? The small little. It's like little pebbles. Yeah, yeah.
0: Little pebbles and they're kind of crunchy. Yeah. Like more crunchy than. Yeah, no. yeah.
1: <laughs> Wait, so, okay, so, and um, not to try to flex on you with ice or anything, but the ice machine maker Mm -hmm. that we got, according to them, I know it could be Mm -hmm. a branding thing, it said it's the most sought after ice there is. Even though you mentioned the Sonic ice, I like that ice too.
0: But it's the ones that look like. um, Yeah, you you obviously just went for like the hype, you know? I went for what people actually like, which is Sonic. (laughs) sonic It's the little cupcake looking ones.
1: like a cupcake without the muffin top, like that's what the ice looks like, you
0: know? Mine look like pebbles. Yeah, yeah.
1: Of. Oh, yeah, I know. And that's, that, those are legit that's kind too, of the deal. As far as ice goes. Surface
0: area is large for maximum cooling.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but doesn't it melt quicker into that's, your drink?
0: You, you're making cold fast, yes.
1: Oh, yeah, because you only drink water. Yeah. What if you put it in like a... Uh-oh.
0: I'm not over there drinking freaking... <laughs> Vodka tonics, there, homie, <laughs> <Vodka> tonics. <laughs> or whatever you're drinking.
1: Either way, sounds like a great ice machine. All right,
0: yeah, dude. Uh, track it. You'll you'll overcome it. Good luck. Awesome. Congratulations, man. 28 years old, building a house. That's awesome. Okay. Outstanding.
1: <clears throat> As we all know, seals will spend a lot of time in the water, both in pools and open bodies. Is there any training given to help handle or counter or counter a potentially mission slash man threatening sea creature? <laughs> Most extreme example being a, sh-
0: say a shark. Dude, I was thinking back reading this question. I don't think I ever got any training whatsoever about any kind of dangerous sea creature. I don't even think it's part of our safety briefs, and our safety briefs are thorough. Like you have a safety brief. They're talking about oxygen toxicity. They're talking about, you know, various Injuries that you could get in the water. They're talking about the diving supervisor. They're talking about, you know You could what you do if a ship comes overhead like the safety brief is very very thorough But never we never talked about anything in the ocean trying to kill you as far as an animal goes. There's only been one death. We actually covered it on this podcast before because somebody asked a similar question. Mm. April 20th, 1963, Lieutenant J.G. John Gibson from the underwater demolition teams was killed by a 10-foot shark in Megan's Bay. Yeah, that's that's the only death. And he wasn't diving, he was just on like a leisure swim mm. and got attacked by a shark. Apparently, he was pretty savage. But we But we never talked about that. We didn't even talk about like jellyfish or stingrays. Like do you know when you go in the water here in San Diego or in California, you shuffle your feet on the ground? Do you know this? No. Because if you step on a stingray, it's gonna sting you. Oh. If you if you shuffle your feet and you hit it, it just swims away. Huh. So like they, they're, not, they're not scared if you bump into it, they just swim away. Yeah. If you step on it, they freak out and they hit you uh, with their stinger. Yeah. But I didn't learn about, so you shuffle in the water. I didn't learn about that from the SEAL teams, I learned that from surfing.
1: Yeah, huh.
0: so we don't do any, so oddly enough, we never do anything like this. And you know what? I never saw any freaking sea creatures down there. We What it is, what you see when you're diving is two, three, four hours of freaking darkness. And you're just staring at your compass, your depth gauge, and your, and your watch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's nothing to see. That's it, it's just black. And the only sea creature I saw look do you see some fish occasionally you sure I saw a barracuda one time And it was just it was s- Stable in the water just looking <laughs> And we, I just like my swim buddy Like like gave me the signal like look and he like pointed at it We were down in Puerto Rico and there was a barracuda just sort of stable like looking at us how big I don't know, a, a couple feet. Like it wasn't huge, it wasn't, no, it wasn't threatening. Wasn't yeah. It wasn't like I was in fear for my life. I did see sharks in the water before a swim at San Clemente Island hmm. and they canceled the swim. Yeah. Because there was literal sharks swimming around. And I was like, yeah. they were telling us to go. I was like, all right, bro, this is it. This <laughs> is what you got to do. <laughs> but no, no. Oddly enough, and you know what? I never even think about like sea creatures surfing. I never think about sharks. I never think about any of that. Hmm. I just, yeah. Maybe I'm an idiot,
1: but... Well, that's a slippery slope. You
0: start thinking about that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I'm not doing it. No, so no. there you go. Not worried about it. <clears throat> yeah, sea creatures. It's... Uh,
1: you know, the well, some people have a, like a phobia, right? Mm-hmm. There's a phobia of like vast spaces beneath you, usually in water. I forget what it's called, but it's a thing. Yeah. Start thinking about sharks. It's going to add to that phobia, <laughs> potentially. <laughs> <sorry. Yeah>. Shit. <sighs> Next question. I'm about to graduate medical school and begin my first year as a resident physician. Residency is a grind and the first year promises to be especially challenges challenging with a few days off 48 or a few days off 48 plus hour shifts, etc. Unfortuna- unfortunately, there is also a risk of being overworked and burned out. Not everyone in the hospital setting listens to your podcast or trains jujitsu yet. How can I best balance taking ownership of being a good doctor with setting boundaries for myself and others so that I'm not taken advantage of by my superiors or too burned out to effectively care for my patients? I have rigorous and efficient self-care to keep me going, which has served me well through medical school, but I'm a bit concerned about the stories I hear of residents being overworked and occasionally abused. I want to do what's right for my patients and the team, but I don't want to end up Hating my job or losing myself to it.
0: Okay, so first of all, I think you need to accept the fact that residency is gonna suck. At least the first year, whatever, year and a half of residency, it's gonna suck. Get that into your head. This is like a 12 to 18 month sacrifice that you're gonna have to put up with that's gonna make you better in a bunch of different ways. Look, you're gonna gain a bunch of knowledge, you're gonna gain a bunch of experience, you're gonna learn how to control stress, you're gonna learn how to deal with sleep deprivation, you're gonna learn how to deal with these things, and it's gonna make you better. It's like when you go to buds. When you go to buds, it's gonna suck. It's not healthy,
1: yeah.
0: right? You're, you're, you're gonna do permanent damage to yourself in buds. Your neck, your knees, your back, your, sh- your shoulders, your skin, you are gonna get sunburned <laughs> in buds, and that's not healthy. You're gonna get sleep deprivation, which is not healthy. So all these things that you're gonna do are not healthy. And you have to accept that. But there is a goal. There's, there's a goal, even of the suffering, there's a goal. It's a test, right? And it's a way of building and screening people that can handle a massive amount of stress. So I think you gotta get into your head that this next 12 months to 18 months, this first part of your residency is gonna suck. And you and you have to accept the fact that you won't be able to Quote live your best life end quote right? This is not gonna be the time where you're gonna your jiu-jitsu is gonna get good or you're gonna You know feel great or you're gonna get down to you know Single-digit body fat or you're gonna, you know, do get your best time on your on your 10k That's not gonna happen in the next year and a half so I think you kind of have to except that that's what the deal is going to be. But discipline equals freedom, and it's gonna pay off in the end. And what I would do in this situation is I would try and figure out how to build as much, and this term self-care, this is like a new term, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and and look, what it to me means, means eating good, working out, doing jujitsu, uh, stretching, you know, like playing guitar, like that's what it means to me, mm-hmm. self-care. And I'm sure there's some, uh, other definition, but to me, that's what self care is, right? You get to do jujitsu, you get to work out, you get to get rest when you need it, all that stuff. So I would figure out how I could do that as much as possible, which is not going to be easy. The schedule's going to be tight. Obviously, you're not going to be able to waste any time. This is social media is done, TV done, Netflix done. Uh, <laughs> you got to. You're going to have to increase your efficiency on it. Kind of everything that you do, clean. You know, cleaning your house, doing the laundry. Shopping like figure out that Instacart deal uh, I'm Not trying to promo Instacart here, but it's freaking legit you you press a button and the food shows up at your house You're gonna have to do food prep on Sundays, right or whatever day you got off. You gotta do some food prep You're cooking chicken breasts. You're cooking freaking s- Steak and put and and whatever freaking rice and you got it ready and you're bringing it in your little Tupperware things, right? This is what we're doing You got to be disciplined with this you got to be efficient with your workouts, right? Short, high-intensity workouts. You got to figure out what you can do during work. Maybe you can stretch during work. You, I'll, I, I will sit there and stretch while I'm on a call with someone. I keep, you know, like my one-inch tubular nylon, so I can stretch my shoulders while I'm talking to people. I do it discreetly, but I'm doing it. You know what I'm saying? Sure. What, you know what can you do? You're gonna. So you're gonna have to become ultra efficient. And you know, listen. That's what you're gonna have to do. You're gonna have to do a little bit of a breath hold for the next year of like it's gonna suck, and you gotta hold your breath through it, and you gotta become efficient as you can. So that's that. Now, look, if you start getting to the the other part of the question is like, how can you if things you start get tyrannical per doctor that's like driving everyone into the ground? How are you gonna deal with that? Mm. You know, I think asking earnest questions building a relationship with that person asking earnest questions trying to figure out why you know hey wh- why are we doing this what's the purpose? you know hey hey boss i wanted to figure out why exactly we need to do this is there a more efficient way to do it look you don't want to get in their face cuz they they might have an attitude look this what I, what I what i went through is way worse than this we didn't even get to sleep at all so you you might end up with someone like that okay build a good relationship with him build a good relationship with them if something is true, look. If it's something, that, hey, look, I got to do these night shifts for the next two months, and it's gonna suck, and everyone's saying it's gonna suck, and I'm just gonna do it, mm. fine. Like, just suck it up. Um, if it's something that truly like is putting patients at risk, if it's putting your actual health at risk, learn long term. Then maybe you talk to the rest of your peers and say, hey, listen, I think we need to talk to the boss about this. This doesn't, this literally doesn't make sense. Like, I fell asleep looking at a patient the other day. This is not right. Or you know, I feel like I've lost 20 pounds of lean body mass in the past month, this is unhealthy. So if something like that is going on, then you talk to your peers and unify and maybe present a solution together. And look, if you get into some kind of a worst case scenario, I hate to even recommend it, recommend this, but if you get in some kind of like horrible worst case scenario, maybe you run it up the chain of command. But that's taking risk as well. Because first of all, most likely everyone's been through what you're about to go through. So you saying like, hey, they got us cold and wet during Hell Week, it's like, yeah, exactly. Hey, we had boats on our head, it hurt my head. Yeah, it freaking hurts your head. Like, Mm -hmm. that's part of what we're doing. Um, Occasionally, something is stupid, like when I went through, the instructors would have, we'd have the boat on our head, and the instructors would jump into the boat. Mm -hmm. And that's not healthy, and they stopped doing it. So if you have something like that, that's truly not healthy, and you raise it by asking earnest questions, That's what I would do. Um, So that's what I would do in this situation. I think you're gonna have to, and look, the answer, don't hear me saying just suck it up because that's not what I'm saying. Mm. Well, I am partially saying that. Like this is a hard freaking job. Lives are at stake. People wanna know that you have the tenacity and the wherewithal to be able to do this job in really tough situations, right? That's what you're doing this for. So the training is going to be hard, but the training is going to be worth it because you're going to be able to help other people and you're going to be an incredibly capable human being. So that's why you're doing it. Remember why you're doing it. Remember that you're going to take a little decrease in efficiency right now as a human so that in a year you can increase efficiency and you can you can carry on with the rest of your life and that's when you can start optimizing these other parts of your life. So work hard, stay efficient, do the best you can. Like sometimes you gotta just, you gotta just get through things and, and mitigate the, 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 the downside as much as possible. That's what you gotta do sometimes. Don't let it drive you crazy, keep your head up. You ever seen that little like meme video of like a guy, there's a basketball court and a guy's walking down the court and he's like looking at the ground, he must have just missed a shot mm-hmm. and his buddy like picks his chin up that comes up, picks your chin up, but keep your head up. you know. Mm. That's what you gotta do, Mm. keep your head up every day. It's gonna be hard for a year, you'll get through it, you'll be on the other side, and you'll be a better human being. Mm. So, there you go. All right, one more
1: question. Uh, I would appreciate some advice on, on how to keep up with my workouts while being called into work. Jocko, you previously had said, paraphrasing here, that life gives you rest days, thus no need to schedule them. Would you suggest the same when I'm called into work and thus only get a few hours of sleep? I would like to get leaner and thus prioritize workouts. However, I don't wanna hurt a patient by making this mistake of fatigue.
0: Yep, so obviously this is a little bit of a similar question. We got two doctors asking good questions or potential doctors here. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I guess doctors asking questions. So listen, sleep is important for health and recovery, right? Mm-hmm. Sleep is important for health and recovery. And you, and you need to get sleep. So don't sacrifice sleep regularly so that you can work out, right? You can't just say, oh, I only slept. If you're, if you're talking, if you're sleeping three, four hours a night and you're continually just getting a workout in, you're, you're actually probably going backwards. You're probably not helping yourself. Yeah. So that's not worth it. Um. Same thing that I said to the last doctor, make sure you're sacrificing other things, social media, Netflix, uh, TV, all that stuff. I'm sure you are. And then what you can do is you can learn about some other kind of workouts, short, intense workouts, literally 10-minute workouts. Mm -hmm. Who thinks 10-minute workouts can kick your ass and get you in shape? Not many people think it can, but it absolutely can. Go do 10 minutes of burpees as hard as you can. Go do 10 minutes of jump rope as hard as you can. Go do 10 minutes of sprints. You know, 30 second sprint, 30 second rest. See what that does to you. Go do 10 minutes of cleaning jerks with with an appropriate weight for yourself. Go do 10 minutes of squat jumps. Any of those things, 10 minutes is gonna kick your ass. Or if, you, if it's too much muscle failure on one of those, do two minutes of burpees, two minutes of jump rope, two minutes of sprints, two minutes of clean and jerk, and two minutes of squat jumps, boom. You just did 10 minutes of work and you're freaking exhausted. So some of your days you may, look, some days my workouts are for 10 minutes. Some days if I've got to go and, and uh, I've got a flight that's like a 5.30 in the morning flight or whatever, mm-hmm. and I know I'd have to get up at like, Three in order to get a decent workout in I'm not doing it I'm not gonna sacrifice sleep to where I just slept for three hours And now I'm dragging ass and feel like crap and putting my immune system in a compromised scenario So no What I do is I'll wake up and I'll do something hard for 10 minutes Jump on the rower jump jump on the freaking the bike The air assault bike or the echo bike from rogue whatever bike you got jump on that thing Jump on a jump rope for 10 minutes hard. So if you do that on some of these days where you get called in, the other two days a week or the three days a week or the four days a week, then you can do a longer workout, a more prolonged workout. You can do some strength training where you can make sure you know, you're know you staying strong. Um, and, and if you end up not having time for more thorough workouts seven days a week, like if you are just, if you're working seven days a week right now and the only thing you can squeeze in is 10 minutes, first of all, you need to look, what can you do to adjust your schedule a little bit? Like, hey, what's your commute like? Can you minimize your commute? You know What's going on there? Can you not take, can you work out during lunch? Mm-hmm. Like what can you do to figure out a schedule that works a little bit better? Or there might be a situation where you're just going through a tunnel right now of pain and you gotta say, okay, we're, Look, I'm mean, like the previous question. I'm in residency right now. For a year it's going to suck. I'm going to do what I can. And by the way, the residency question same thing on these 10-minute workouts. Like you can make a workout in 10 minutes. Um, but is there light at the end of the tunnel? Cuz you might be in a you might have put yourself in a position where you don't see a light at the end of the tunnel and this isn't going to change. Like listen, you're working, let's say you're working a particular department at your hospital and some one of the persons leaves. and You got to cover for that person and they're trying to hire someone new, but right now, you just gotta do it all. Okay, well when you, when you get someone else hired, you're gonna, you're gonna get your control back again. So is there a light at the tunnel, end of the tunnel? If there's no light, you might have to make some adjustments. You might have to bring this up the chain of command. Hey, here's my work schedule, here's what I'm doing, this isn't working out, I need to figure out, we need to hire someone else, I need some support, I need some admin to do the paperwork so I don't have to do the paper. Like, figure something out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Don't just, this is the thing, man, we have so much agency in our lives. You have agency in your life. If something isn't going the way you want it to, look, deal with it, push through it, work through it, get after it, but also say, hey, what do I need to do to make an adjustment so I'm not in this situation anymore? I'm not in situations I don't wanna be in. It's not happening. I might have to do it for a little while, but then I go, oh, you know what, this isn't gonna work anymore. Nope, here's some adjustments I'm gonna make. Here's a qualification I'm going to get that's going to get me into an uh, out of this scenario that I'm in. So work on some efficiencies in your life. Work on some short, intense workouts. And then check the tunnel. Is there light at the end of the tunnel? That's what we need to be looking at.
1: I noticed he mentioned getting lean as... His goal. Yep. Big part of that, or probably the, the vast most, majority. The vast majority, we'll say the most prevalent element of getting lean is diet. Yeah, so if you can, I mean, diet's a big part of a lot of fitness goals, but if he can kind of plan for that part of it, I think that'll make a huge difference yep. as far as like getting lean. Yep.
0: So like, going back to the previous guy, meal prep. Yes. Right? Meal yep. prep.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to save you so much time. Oh, yeah. Big time. And it's, yeah, I don't. Intermittent fasting too. Like,
0: oh, great. I don't need to eat today. Yeah. You know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. The only thing with that is like, hey, if I don't need to eat today and that happens a few times in a row and then you're working out, it's like you can't compromise and not sleep and not resting. Depends on how many days a week he's not resting too. Yeah. Because this seems like a spontaneous, you know, the kind like you're kind of whether you're on call or not. But when you get called in kind of like, a you know an emergent situation yep. kind of comes up. But as, if you're ready for your diet or what you're eating or whatever, that'll solve a lot of problems, I think. That way you can get the 10-minute workouts in. Yep. If your diet is good, bro, you're still gonna get lean. You yeah,
0: you'll get it done. That's true. There you go. Yep. All right, well, uh, thanks for joining us here. We appreciate it. Thanks for joining The Underground. Thanks for supporting The Underground. We're here. Look, we're, I, we're on the surface, too. You can hang out with us out there. I've been back on Twitter. Have you noticed that?
1: uh no I haven't yeah you
0: know. cuz not, I'm not you know it, it seems like my tweets are showing up people are back in the game kind of so I've been <laughs> oh, right on. I've been hammering twitter <laughs> old school yep so you can check us out on twitter the gram we're out there in the world but more important we're here because of you in the underground and we're going to keep getting after it <laughs> so until next time the Echo and Jocko
1: out